Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. This week, we brought in two special guests, John of the Grave Talk Podcast Mm -hmm. and Alex of the basement of the Grave Talk Podcast, (laughs) where she is chained up and fed thoroughly scraps of steak, pizza crust, and general miscellanea. Human jerky. <laughs> Human jerky. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Grave Talk Podcast. I'm Garrett, being weird as usual. Uh, Mark is out because he had some mouth problems. Let's not get into it right now, but we hope a quick speedy recovery for our mans. He should be back here next episode. In the meantime, as I mentioned, we have Alex here. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. John, how you doing? Doing wonderful. Uh, That's, whoa. Yeah, really just trying to up it up. New year, new me. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, snap. You know what? It is 2022. This is our first episode of the yeah. new year. Ring it ding right without Mark. <laughs> Suck it, Mark. Um, so, yeah, today we are going to be talking about, um, we don't really have a cold open, nothing catchy no. or anything like that. It is our cold open. Remember last time Mark wasn't here and what a mess the podcast was? So, listeners, buckle up. Oh, snap. Was it a mess? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was fun to record. I, I, it probably wasn't fun for Mark to edit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who cares? It's Mark. That's Shit. his problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, today we did a movie that I'm going to probably say wrong the entire time. Uh, we did Motel Hell, the yes. 1980 classic. Um, now, which one of the words is going to trip you up, motel or hell? Okay, so my first note is, where the fuck is this movie? I have looked for 25 minutes in my iTunes library. I cannot find Hotel Hell. I did the same <laughs> thing, uh, even though I have seen this movie before, and I know it's Motel Hell, but I had the song stuck in my head. Kept looking under Hotel. Yes, I, I kept looking for Hotel Hell, and I was like, I know I bought it. Do, don't make me buy this again a second time, iTunes. But it was motel hell. And I realized, and I was like, I bet I'm an idiot. And sure enough, <laughs> pure idiot. So, uh, yeah, we're doing motel hell. Uh, this one, as I pull it up on IMDb, I probably should have had this ready to go. Well, it came out in 1980. It, it had a budget of $72. Directed by Kevin Connor, I think. Yes, it was Kevin Connor. What has yeah. Kevin Connor done? He's done some other stuff. I think he was Hercules in the 90s. <laughs> he did The Land of Time Forgot. Um, and that's... About it. Well, a lot of like made for TV romance movies, a lot of di- like a lot of Lifetime movies. I was picking up a Lifetime vibe throughout this whole film. So, <laughs> through the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he's actually got a pretty, pretty extensive uh, career when, here. Look, wow. Once you get that Lifetime money, why well, get off the gravy train? That's that's a great, great it's a point. lifetime of gravy. <laughs> oh. Welcome back to the Gravy Talk. We're switching it up now that Mark's gone. Uh, yes, it was directed by Kevin Connor, uh, as you said, Alex. It stars Rory Calhoun. Plays Vincent Smith. Paul Link Link or Linke plays Bruce Smith. Nancy Parson plays Ida Smith. If you swipe right with two fingers on IMDB, it takes you to another page. Okay, coming back. Nina Axelrod as Terry. Wolfman Jack is Reverend Billy. I don't know if you guys caught that or not, but Wolfman Jack was heavily seen in this movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was interesting and weird, but enjoyable. Yep. And then a bunch of other like bit people that you probably know from other things at uh, the time. Dick Curtis, Elaine Joyce. Um, they, they all play like random guests. And uh, John Ratzenberger. John, okay. I wrote down John Ratzenberger of uh, Pixar fame, as you guys may know him. And Cheers. Norm. Oh, wait, Cliff. Yeah, he plays Cliff. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Cheers. Oh, it's a what? joy. It's a very fun show. I think I would enjoy it. I just never have. Honestly, it's one of the few 80s TV shows that I, I can say you would probably enjoy. It's like lowbrow Frasier. 
Oh, that's like exactly what I want in my life. Oh, see, I need highbrow Frasier always. That's just Frasier. <laughs> I know. I'm really interested to find out if that remake is going to be good. The one where he's in like San Francisco or something like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're doing a new Frasier series. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, dropping that fresh news. Speaking of fresh news, before we jump into this, mm-hmm. did you guys watch anything cool? Anything wild that you got to just get off your chest? I did. I watched a movie on Shudder. I forgot what it's called. Hold on. <laughs> sad song, dark song, dark sad, some combination Alex, of Alex, fill the dead air. What did you watch? Um, the last four episodes of the most recent season of Cobra Kai. Sweet. Uh, well, while John's looking that up, I, I watched. Oh, uh, yes. I watched a movie on Shudder called A Dark Song, uh, and it was really, really good. It's about this girl or woman. She's a woman who is trying to use this uh, occult ritual to get in touch with her dead child and uh, what happens when she tries. And it is, uh, I was like, oh, it's a Shudder movie, so it'll probably be bad. Uh, so I was like, I'll put it on in the background. I'm sure everything goes smoothly for everybody. Yeah. Um, she gets the closure she's looking for. And yeah, you nailed it. So you don't have to watch <laughs> it. Uh, but no, I was like, I'll just put this on in the background. And it totally stole my attention. It was a really good it's a slow burn, though. Don't expect a lot of rapid things to happen, but it never feels uh, too long. So, See, I used to think that about Shudder, too. Like, oh, this is a Shudder film. Okay, brace yourself. But then Anything for Jackson came out, and it kind of changed my entire perception of what Shudder does. And then they did that fried berry. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's, there's been, they've, they've been cranking out, like, some pretty good stuff in the mix. I think it's just, like, the law of averages. They put out true, so many movies. It's, it's a so, numbers game. Yeah. But that's, like, Netflix and Hulu. They just buy up so much stuff yeah. and just throw it on there. You know, you never know. So this is a, a good Shutter film. And I that's would, called? A Dark Song. A Dark Song. Oh, right on. Uh, I didn't watch anything super new. I did uh, finally watch Dr. Sleep. That movie hit different for me. That was, that shit's infected my brain. Like, I cannot get it out of my head. I really, really like Dr. Sleep. I'm kind of upset at myself for not watching it sooner yeah. than this. Now you got to watch the director's cut. No, I did. Oh, okay. I totally yeah. watched the extended with, with the extra scene with yeah. Baseball Boy. Woo! Good stuff. Get the fuck out of here with that mess. That is, um, yeah, that was really good. If you guys haven't seen Dr. Sleep, definitely recommend it. Would you recommend Dark Song? Yeah, oh yeah, big time. Especially okay. if you have Shutter, it's free, so, you know, watch it. And Alex, the last four episodes of Cobra Kai? Oh yeah, that was great. Not the not the first episodes, just the last four. Uh, those are the only four episodes of Cobra Kai I've ever seen, and they they were good. Cool. Well, okay. they, there you go. So you don't even have to watch, like, the first season and a half. Just start at the last four. <laughs> the first three seasons. First three seasons, there you go. Uh, oh, and a total off-the-wall uh, recommendation. If you like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which you should because it's an amazing show, They, the three uh, male leads have a podcast, the Always Sunny podcast, where they watch each episode and talk about it. Fucking hilarious. Oh, like Highly recommend it. Yeah, like it's probably, yeah, like The yeah. Office one. Uh, super, super good. Uh, so I've been binging that. Why is, um, why is Homegirl not doing it? I don't know. I think because she doesn't, uh, they're like the three lead male leads are the creators, the writers, oh, the producers. Okay, okay. Like, so I, I think they give, they approach it from that standpoint. I don't know uh, if there was like beef or something like that going down or anything like that. So, uh, well, not that they mentioned, but probably not well, something that a put. kid, right? So maybe she's like just doing the mom thing or something like maybe. that, or you they know, never maybe she's working it, on a project. So. so I know they all like do a lot of producing and directing and stuff in their spare time. So that's cool. I'm glad they're getting work outside of Sunny. Yeah. It is interesting to see how different they are from there. I mean, obviously nobody is like people from Sunny, but they sometimes they're so different. That makes me feel so comforted knowing there is not real Dennis's out there everywhere. No. <laughs> oh, one should hope not. <laughs> Charlie is fine, but you know, there, I think there's a lot of Charlies running oh, around, but yeah, and they all vote. <laughs> 
we can deal with some Charlies. I'm a Charlie and I vote. <laughs> so anyway, back to Motel Hell, the 1980 movie. Uh, I would call this a horror comedy. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a while to realize it, but I was like, this has to be a comedy. Mm. Did you actually know the budget or did, were you just like no, making a joke earlier? Definitely not $72. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I didn't see the budget. Oh, the budget was $3 million estimated. Uh, opening Whoa. weekend, uh, $1,924,000. Gross, $6 million. So back in 1980, that's not bad. No. You know, the worldwide gross, I don't think it had a worldwide. It only released in the US because it's the same exact number. So. Three million in nineteen eighty money. That's yeah, pretty substantial. That is pretty substantial. I mean, there was a lot of like farm equipment. That shit's not cheap. Yeah, you think they bought that? I've, I feel like they bought that and the pigs. Okay, yeah, well, they definitely bought the pigs. Listen, Rory Calhoun in nineteen eighty didn't come cheap. <laughs> Two million was that salary. And every time, every time he popped up on screen, all I could think of was that Simpsons reference. What was it? Uh, the <laughs> where they steal the dogs? The one hundred one Dalmatians spoof. Who does he remind me of? Uh, the guy who's known for standing and, and walking, Rory Calhoun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It just kept popping in my head every time. Me, too. Let's get into the plot, I guess. This one opens up with a an old man standing in front of his motel. Mm-hmm. God, I keep wanting to say hotel. Motel. And just load a shotgun. Yeah, as one does in front of a motel. And I kept hearing people talk in the background, so I couldn't tell if that was guests or if he was like going to go kill guests or what. So it was like really weird. I was like, I do not know. I thought I missed something. (laughs) I thought I started the movie a little bit too late. Um, But no, he does that. And then he ends up going out uh, night hunting, uh, I guess, which is par for the course in this area. Where where do you think this takes place? Oh, uh, anywhere USA. Are we thinking the South? We take it, taking the... No, I didn't have a real strong Southern accent. It's got, I'm thinking some like rural Midwest. Or maybe like um, Eastern Oregon. Oh, okay, yeah. I yeah. can see that. Or Maine. But no, it wasn't cold. I assume it's just always cold in Maine. There's no <laughs> summer, so. Well, it's funny you ask. Alex, give us the Maine report. Um, I was there one time in October. It was brisk, but not freezing. Well, that totally just changed my mind about <laughs> Maine. <laughs> the piano score was really cool. There, there's this really like creepy kind of cool like piano score going on as he's uh, you know out there getting ready to night hunt. I thought that was really good. I do think that the soundtrack really did really help this movie because there are some yeah. as I don't know if you mentioned it yet but there's some real lulls in the the plot itself but the the soundtrack and the um the lighting really kind of like keep you like ooh kind of on edge that is accurate there are some lulls so we basically get our main character Vincent and he passes a sign that says Vincent's meets out of nowhere around the corner comes zipping around a dude on his motorcycle with his girl on the back. And Bo and Terry. Bo and Terry. And with <laughs> interchangeable unisex names. I'll let you guess which one's which. Yeah. yeah. I had a very hard time keeping uh, everyone's name straight in this movie, except for Vinny. Oh, Vinny. Are we calling him Vinny? Well, when you're close. Are we that to close? To, okay. I mean, all right. I'm close to Vincent. Vincent. <laughs> Vinny. The meat um, man. Yeah, this guy looked like a like a knockoff Ace John Benjamin driving the motorcycle. And I was like, okay. And then you hear a pop, and then the, the bike kind of goes a little bit wobbly, and then you hear a gunshot, which I didn't know was a gunshot, except they had subtitles on, and it said gunshot. And I was like, uh, oh. Is that how the, they died? That's how they, that's how um he, she got shot off the back or something. Because my first note of this whole movie was, that is the slowest motorcycle car crash ever, and I didn't understand how anyone was injured. Well, like... Terry doesn't die. No. Because no. she's hanging out for the rest of the movie, and Bo doesn't die either. 
which I thought was weird because it said gunshot right after it, it showed the tire popping. Well, he shoots the tire. It might have just been a foolish closed captioner and it was just a blowout because didn't they run over like road spikes or something? Yeah, and that's yeah. what I thought. I thought they hit a, um, a thing, but there, it specifically says gunshot and that's when mm. they crash. I think you might be right, John. I think they hit a trap and then he shot out their tire. That must be it. Because there's a sidecar also. You can keep some balance with the blowout. Yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, he's not going to want to pick all that buckshot out of somebody. Also, question for our resident female here. <laughs> if there's a sidecar on a motorcycle, are you sitting behind the dude or are you sitting in the sidecar? I would not get on a motorcycle with a sidecar because they're much more unstable than a two-wheeled vehicle. Really? They're less stable? Yeah. Wow. But three wheels is more wheels. You should yeah. be more stable. Um, I guess your weight distribution goes to There's side. a reason that three-wheeled ATVs aren't a thing anymore hmm. because they're super dangerous. Uh, okay. All right. I've always wanted to ride in a sidecar with goggles and like a scarf. Ladies and gentlemen, our... Grave Talk Patreon will be up soon. Help us afford a Grave Talk motorcycle. We'll put a sidecar on it. We'll put John in the, the side seat with a little cat. Oh. They'll both have little goggles and scarves on. We'll Wonderful. show up to all the horror conventions. It's a dream. I mean, well, it was a dream. Now I find out they're apparently death mobiles. So it's a little less. It's like 80% of a dream instead of 100%. Look, John's got to die first, man. That's true. That is true. <laughs> My dad is a former motorcycle mechanic, so I have a lot of unearned, strong motorcycle opinions. Fair enough. Well, I have none, so I'm just going to adopt yours. So sidecar go fuck themselves <laughs> so terry and bo crash uh and they go flying off this one little like edge it's not like super tall but it's enough to make things flip over none of the three million dollars went to this stunt fly <laughs> off is a very strong uh explanation it, it, it gently rolls <laughs> yeah. into the ditch it kind of hits a tree it gradually made its way off the road <laughs> yeah and bo is down on the ground and he's he looks dead i thought he was dead i also thought he died and then you see terry over there laying on the ground um just kind of moaning, kind of like, Ugh, I've been crashed, you know, <laughs> as one says when they crash. Yeah. Um, and Honestly, then, if I had a head injury, I would say something like that. <laughs> oh, oh, I've been crashed. Thinking that Terry had a head injury <laughs> makes her actions throughout this film make 10 no, times more sense. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to disagree. Even with a head injury, this is far fetched what she does. <laughs> Listen. If she's like going through some kind of drug withdrawal and has a head injury. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's what I'm working with. Yeah. New okay. head cannon, heroin addict, also hugely concussed, like major. <laughs> Massively. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get to why we think that uh, Terry has a lot of problems. Um, so he loads them up in the back of the truck. And I thought he also loaded the motorcycle, but he didn't. Um, he drives them back to their motel, which is way off the beaten path, which is kind of a shitty place to have a motel. You kind of um, want to be on a major thoroughfare. Yeah, because the mo comes from motor, as in people should be able to drive right by it. Does well, it really? It, yeah. yeah. What does the tell come from? Hotel. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a motor hotel. Yeah. yeah. Not, are it's you a serious? Portmanteau. Yeah. Oh. They came, they were the, with the interstate and everything. Well, probably with cars. Holy shit. I feel dumb. I feel as dumb as I did when I found out that those three actors from the beginning of Wizard of Oz who work on the farm are the same people from the fucking Oz. Oz. Yeah. <laughs> Which I just found out on Christmas, ladies Wait, and gentlemen. But at the end of the movie, she goes, you were there and you I, were there too. But she was concussed and kicking heroin. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I, Listen, I back then it was opium. I was half asleep on the couch, and I was like, "Hold up, you guys! I think those three people are the <laughs> same people that play the 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 lion and the tin man." And everyone in the room just looks at me like, "You fucking moron!" <laughs> I was like, "I think I'm right." 
So anyway, it's a real one of those. And we moments. were like, you are 90 years behind the times <laughs> of this one, my friend. <laughs> like there's no place like home. Okay. So anyway, he brings them back to the motel. Well, okay. It probably was a very prime location. Then I 10 came took all the traffic off of whatever shitty road he a was Roger on. Rabbit situation. Yeah, exactly. He got oh. fucked by the interstate. Okay. Until nice. he had to turn to jerky. All right. Unless I, I thought it might be like a real Rango thing where they're going to build a highway to Vegas. Oh, you think then, he was like ahead of his time? Oh, wait. Vin- what's that movie where, oh, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West where mm. that guy builds the farm? Yeah. Vincent has never been ahead of his time ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's been ahead of his time. Oh. Hey, oh, foreshadowing for a shitty part of the movie. You guys, I'm leaving. <laughs> if that's the shitty, that's the best part of the movie. No, it's pretty cool. So he, let me get these people to the, hotel, the motel, okay? So he gets uh, Bo and Terry to the motel. He brings a uh, Terry inside where we meet Ida, his sister, which I thought was his wife at first. Also thought it was his wife. And she's just cooking up a storm. She's just making a shit ton of food in the kitchen. Four slot toaster, by the way, they're using. So kudos to them. High speed in 1980. You got to respect the four slot toaster. This lady is like straight out of a John Waters movie, like an early John (laughs) Waters movie. She is the neighbor from Pink Flamingos or something like that. Like she's weird she's a delight though she's really like she's just really in a positive good mood most of the time um, i mean yeah i guess except when she tries to kill terry which we'll get to but. yeah yeah i have some questions about that so uh so he brings terry and he's like hey i i want this one to live and she's like why and uh he's like the good lord spared her we're gonna keep death away from her and she's like okay sounds good to me and then she's like go get me some special ingredients and they're gonna like heal terry we meet the tourists buying meats uh, and they're like, this is the best jerky in the tri-state area. I yeah. tell all my friends about your It's jerky. the next morning at this it point. It is the next morning. And these, they're, they're checking out. And they've got twins. And I have a note here that says, people with twins, do not dress your twins up as a matching pair or else we will automatically assume they're evil. Period. People only dress your twins up as a matching pair because I want to assume they're evil. <laughs> yeah, that's factual. And they also have the most annoying toy guns I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. What was the deal I, with that? Was toys, the 80s, man. Yeah, toys in the 80s were way more annoying than they are now. Uh, you know what? That's a podcast right there. I think we need to deep dive this because well, i think all of like i think people grew up and are like yeah why do we make children's toys make the most obnoxious sound on earth they have no self-control so <laughs> do you think it's like vindictive like single people without kids who are like oh fuck them all i'm gonna make their lives miserable uh, like they've made my life as miserable. i learned from child's play all toy company ceos are miserable old men so yeah i think we also learned that in big oh yeah that's right my so, God, breaking this wide open. Yeah, we've cracked the code beep, for beep, sure. Beep, 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 beep. Just, just in. The Grave uh, Talk podcast investigates. Wait, I tried to make it sound cool and I just kind of stuttered it's through all right. it. If I had that toy as a child, it would have definitely disappeared. <laughs> oh, I would have lost how it. How many <laughs> toys did we lose yeah. to the disappeared toy pile? Yeah, I don't know what you'd do with it. Uh, well, you threw it in the garbage, so. <laughs> God, I hope there's a box and then when we find it, when our parents go to the home, we can walk into the home and be like, remember these? And they're just like, oh God. Hey, old man River, zip it or I'll break your hip. So in a movie full of very wild things to come, this scene has the wildest thing to me, which is putting a bumper sticker on the front of someone else's car. That was one of my notes. I said, I would be so mad if someone put a bumper sticker anywhere on my car, let alone the front. And he puts it on hella janky. It's yeah. super crooked. <laughs> yeah. That's Air your bubbles. Biggest problem with just, it. Uh, uh, I was, he's like a, a souvenir for the road. I was like, get that shit away from well, me. Look. Someone get Rory Calhoun a level because that dude must have major astigmatism if he thinks that's straight. He just bends over and just slaps it on this bad boy. Can hold three. <laughs> yeah. 
you know. Could fit so much jerky in but, this bad boy. <laughs> but Stu and them love the meat so much. This is where he's all like, oh, yeah, take my sampler pack home for two ninety-five. They've got to be losing profit on that. Oh, yeah. that's such cheap jerky. Jerky is uh, expensive. It wasn't even jerky, I don't think. I think oh, they're it was smoked just a, sausages. Okay, okay, okay. That's still pretty cheap. Three dollars? It's like a slim gem. Yeah. That's amazing. I'd love to find a three dollar meat. Hold on. I just almost said something that was going to come out well, really wrong. A three dollar meat tube? I was yeah, yeah. Say, I'd love to find a three dollar meat package on the side of the road. But uh, <laughs> let's well, go ahead and pull that back. That's how I met you. <laughs> oh, you can snap into a Slim Jim for less than three dollars still. It's true. It's yeah. true. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's why he was okay with it because he, he was like so enamored with the meat. He was like, yeah, put a fucking bumper sticker in the wrong place. I don't care how good your meat is. Do not put a bumper sticker on my car. (laughs) I mean, my car is getting to the point of being an ancient piece of crap, and I still don't want anyone slapping random stickers on it. Yeah. I know what I'm doing after the podcast. (laughs) Um, So the twins decide to run off on their own and explore this motel barn farm thing. Yeah. Slash abattoir. (laughs) Which... I have the most questions about the whole movie from this just five minute scene, uh, starting with the bumper sticker. And then one twin dares the other twin to go into this creepy ass place. And mm-hmm. the other twin goes, dares go first. I don't think that's the rule. I've never heard no. that before. What's the point of a dare then? You just, uh, she just made that up. That's some twin nonsense. Yeah. I, well, one of the twins is obviously smarter than the other. Cause she was like, oh yeah, I guess dares do go first. And I go. So yeah. And they, they go inside this, this, uh, barn, which is basically where they process the meat. Yeah. And they're looking around and then out of this, opening door just basically pigs that are on hooks come flinging at them and they scream and run off like they just witnessed the second coming they're just freaking out god could you imagine staying in a motel next to a slaughterhouse even a, a mini slaughterhouse yeah, jesus christ the pigs were like what five feet away from the front door yeah also why i mean doesn't really matter but why did that happen to those children there's no one in there and no ida was Oh, Ida, Ida was, was in Because remember, okay, like, remember, the, like the, the pigs Didn't fly she put up. on the pig head and she scares them? She puts the pig head and jumps up and goes, ah, uh, ha, ha, yeah, I watched ha, that ha. scene twice and I somehow missed that. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah she, I even rewound it. I was like, why are they screaming? Ida, well, you know, they needed to insert that for foreshadowing. Uh, yeah, Ida, Ida scares them as kind of like just a, you know, hey, you get to have fun with a slaughterhouse, terrorize some children. And then comes my favorite part of the whole movie. Vincent shows how great with children he is. Like, <laughs> ah, so they're running, screaming, and they run in the car. They close the door. They're screaming. He's like, I'll calm them down. And he just screams at them. Uh, he does like a, like a like, monster's like, ah! scare type thing. Yeah. Uh, and then they shut up. So it did work. Yeah. Like, he scared them straight. Yeah. I was like, that is some Whoa. old school parenting right there. That's the kind of shit. You can't get away with in 2020. You can't scream at children anymore. Slaps another bumper sticker on the front. It's like, hey, you can call this place for therapy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they drive off. So, Stu and his family are... Oh, wait, Stu? I don't know. Did they have names? I don't know. I, I missed that. I think they had names, but... I just called them tourists, so I have no idea. Cool. We'll call them tourists. Uh, they drive off, and at this point, out of nowhere, screaming up the driveway, sliding into first with his car, here comes the sheriff. Bruce. Bruce, which... They introduce real quick, like, oh, it's his brother. It's Vincent's brother is Bruce. And I, I, I would gather younger brother, right? I would say so by about 25 years. The age difference <laughs> was so huge. They're like, oh, that's my brother. I was like, no, nope. yeah, I was like, not buying it. At first, I was like, oh, that must be his son. 
but no. See, I thought it was like the local sheriff who was going to basically unwrap the mystery of the meat. And um, they're kind of close. Listen, I love unwrapping meat mysteries, but alas, <laughs> jinkies. Um, <laughs> that one got John. John, I appreciate you laughing at my dumb joke. No problem. That's um, what I'm here for. So the sheriff comes up and at this point he's like, hey, guys, how's it going? I saw some tours drive off and then. He sees Terry walk out of the room and Terry is in a daze. Terry is in a, like a, a, well, a before nightgown. This, the weirdest scene happens where he walks into the house and Ida jumps on him. Oh, yeah. Just that like was tackles r- the shit out of and him. So I was like, oh, OK, so the sheriff's out of the picture right now. But it turns out this is just like a tickle fight. It's just something that they do. So that was weird. Oh, yeah. Ida like attacks the sheriff. But yeah. Kind of like a fun. I mean, do you way. guys not have tickle fights with your adult siblings? <laughs> Who's like 30 years younger than you? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so Ida does that, and then he's like, "Get off me, Ida!" And she's like, "Oh, I'm just, ha- I'm just having fun. I'm just joshing with you." <laughs> and then I wrote, "Oh, so the sheriff's going to be extra useless in this movie." At this point, you definitely get a vibe that the sheriff is not going to be a formidable opponent. No, it was like a scary movie sheriff, you know, <laughs> Deputy Dewey from yeah. the movie Scream. Yeah, he's definitely more a Dewey and less of a No Country for Old Men. <laughs> yeah, that, if that's the spectrum, he is far on the Dewey side. <laughs> is that our sheriff litmus <laughs> test right there? All right, I'm in. Uh, so at this point, Terry walks out and he's like, who's this? And Bruce is just DTF for anything that moves in this movie. Well, how many, I mean, there's can't be that many women around his age, uh, in this community of, I don't know, 12. So. I well, think how, how many non tourists do we meet? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, I just, his, I sister. his sister says yeah. Bruce's sister also. Yeah. yeah they're also oh, like, I just put that together. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a family situation. This is a real Sawyer type situation. This I, is a real Texas chainsaw massacre. That's my type second thing. note. <laughs> get oh. a real Sawyer vibe. These here. families get along perfect. We should just hook these families up with each other. That oh. would mitigate the inbreeding just a little bit. Just a touch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we don't meet that many non. So we meet Terry. We meet Bob. Poor Bob. Yeah. Uh, Bob gets it rough. We meet the preacher later yeah. on. Uh, and then we Jack. see in a in cars, there's a lot of people uh, stealing movies from the drive-in. No, they were fucking. That was like Lover's Lane, bro. Okay, Let, we'll, we'll get to that. Let's. But so let's there's get the through, people in yeah. those cars. So let's see. There's two. You're right. There's not a lot it's of still people intellectual in this town. property. Theft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Bruce is like, yo, who's this? And they're like, oh, that's, you know, Terry. She's going to be staying with us. She was in a motorcycle accident. And she's like, where's Bo? And he's like, yeah, so he's a thing. Bo died last night. Uh, I had to bury him. And she's like, what? And he's like, I buried him this morning. And they're like, why so quick? I didn't give you permission for this. And he's like, had to do it. There was pieces of him everywhere. And the sheriff is like, in this county, under extenuated circumstances, it's fine. I was like, like, that definitely sounds like a made up law. There is no law that says you could kill somebody and then bury them and just go about your day know the details of these extenuating <laughs> circumstances. But this also seemed like the most regular circumstances possible. A car crash. Well, yeah. that's why I thought Bruce was in on it at first, because I thought he was making up laws to cover for his brother's yeah. bullshit. Spoiler, but he's just a moron. No, Bruce just is just, <laughs> just a fucking rube. <laughs> they, they're like, well, we're going to take her back to bed, and she's going to be fine. And and Bruce, at this point, is like, eh, all right, let's 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 get to talking. Bruce gets run off. I don't remember what happens, but Bruce leaves. He's just like, well, my work's here. It's done. I've accomplished nothing. I see that there's a hostage and a dead person. <laughs> So off I go. Oh, they, they, they go to the, the cemetery because she's like, I want to see the body. And he's like, you can go to the cemetery. But and then she just kneels down, starts breaking down, crying like, oh, Bo. And I was like, yo, oh, Bo. <laughs> but don't worry, because this is the only grief she's going to show immediate closure. Yeah, she's well, like, Bruce ah. is like, what are you going to do? And he's like, well, she's going to stay here and rest for a little while. And I was like, no, she's not. She's going to leave, dude. Yeah. Is there any friends or family? I or- was dead wrong because no. at this point terry is 
all in on just staying here forever because the next scene we get is them trying to comfort her at the hotel and she's they're like you should just stay here she's like i'm happy to that sounds great. I just can't go home. And I'm like, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can why? totally just go home. Um, In fact, you probably should. You should probably recover from your head injury and supposed drug withdrawal. Yeah. There. Tell Bo's parents that maybe their son's dead. I like, don't think I don't think Bo is talking to his parents. Collect on his life insurance. Yeah. This I mean, is this is a Ace John Benjamin is sleazy writer. This guy. <laughs> and also I was like, oh, her boyfriend. And later on, we see him when he comes back in the movie. He is also like 48 years old. Well, I was like, dude, she's got a thing yeah, we for learned. older men. She's got a type. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll I, talk about it later. I also like that Bo's headstone was like a pet's headstone. It was just like... Like a pet cemetery yeah, type thing. It's like painted on a, like a two by four. Like, here lies Bo, sad face. <laughs> I don't even know it had his name. <laughs> Probably not. RSVP Bo. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, uh, Terry's going to go back to sleep now because She's decided to stay indefinitely, I guess. And, and you know then, what they say, if you have a concussion, you should just sleep as much as possible, as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. And up rolls our man, Bob, who I guess was like a health inspector. I don't know what Bob's job is because he doesn't do much. So he, he well, comes he's inspecting the pigs. Yeah, he comes in a, in a county car and, he, and Vinny's like, oh, I thought you were going to come next month. He's like, this is what we call a surprise inspection. <laughs> oh, all right. We in the biz use that term. From the State Board of Pig Examiners. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, OK, uh, so Vincent goes to slaughter some humans and uh, Bob starts just looking around the pig pen and he hears like a weird sound and he stares it down and he's like, well, I'm going to come back in the middle of the night and investigate that for no reason. Yeah. He says the, one of those hopes might be infected. You need to, I think Bob kind of had it out for Vincent. Maybe. I don't know if he suspected other stuff, but like he definitely like was not. There was a little bit of hostility between these two. But then Vincent scares him and he falls in a mud puddle. Very shameful. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah, it's like. I mean, Vincent did have a lot of blood on him, but also the guy's a health inspector. Like, he's probably been to slaughterhouses before. Yeah, because Vincent goes into the slaughterhouse and is working on something. And at that pop point, Bob's like, oh, I wonder what's going on in there and kind of creeps over there. And then Vincent pops out and scares him into that yeah. puddle, which there's a lot of like pratfalls in this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of people falling in mud puddles. And by a lot, I mean two that I remember, but that's a lot. That's more than... For the 80s, that movies. was a fair bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, he must be an agricultural inspector, not a health inspector, because wouldn't a health inspector want to inspect where the meat's being cut up? I think he was just for the animals. Yeah. I think he's just a busybody. <laughs> Dr. He, Bob, animal doctor. He doesn't inspect anything. Bob, uh, just a front desk person. He just likes to drive around and look at farms. Look, he just all the meddling. All the yeah. government jobs in this town are run by like people who are not capable of doing the job well. As seen by the sheriff, as seen by our animal inspector. Just, this is probably one, one of those counties where all public people get elected. And so it's just like, uh, you don't have to be qualified in any way. Time. Yeah, and also Bob's probably Vincent's brother too. Too, if this movie's plot holds <laughs> everyone's pretty much related to one another basically so uh bob drives off all muddy and he's just like oh i'm i'm embarrassed i'm and gonna get it, you and at this point um terry we cut to uh terry in the bed and then this point vincent and ida and they're like well we're glad you decided to stay and she's like but maybe i should go and he's like look you're here for a reason it was ordained it's destiny and she goes 
that makes sense. I wrote the quote down. You're sitting here with us is preordained. And she goes, yeah, I guess you're right. And I was like, for fuck's sake. No, that's not right. Like you that's, are not obligated to stay in a place just because you crashed. No, that's the concussion speaking though. There is a lot of wildly disjointed dialogue in this movie where if I weren't paying attention, it would probably just roll right by me. But since I was trying to pay attention for uh, podcasting preparation purposes, it, like some of those lines, I'm like, like, did two did two people like write this and just mash it together? Like it's a bad lib. What? Yeah. Like one of those games where it's like someone writes a line. You can only see the last word of it and you have to continue writing it. Oh, that's definitely how they wrote this script. <laughs> uh, I think you nailed it. <laughs> so Terry's decided to stay because she decided this is where she needs to be because evidently it's preordained because an old man told her this. And also, though, admittedly, I was not alive in 1980. Maybe that's just how shit happened back no. then. I don't know. I don't know. I was born in 1980. And as a less than one year old, I can tell you for a fact yeah. that's not how things were. Yeah, uh, I don't, I mean, maybe that's how your parents met. Roadside accidents. Whoa. <laughs> you know what? You may have just blown the lid off this. Boom. That's just how everybody was meeting back then. Quick, get get Garrett's mom on the horn. <laughs> uh, so we cut, the next scene is um, we see Ida rolling up to uh, a secret farm, a secret garden, if you will. And um, it's the head patch. And Alex, would you like to tell us about the head patch? So tucked away behind, is that in like a barn or is it outside? I couldn't tell. It looks like a barn overgrown by like moss and like vines. Yeah, I couldn't tell either because sometimes it seems like it's outside. Yeah, I think just whatever's convenient. It's yeah. inside, it's outside. It's, it's, all. A, it's an open top greenhouse. Oh, it has to be inside because otherwise everyone would hear that re- the terrible sound. Okay, that's true. So in this weird little barn thing, we have all of these like low shrubbery growth things and then intermingled with these are just human heads sticking out of the ground. Well, there's bags over them. There's like burlap sacks of them. So we don't know what they are at first. We hear this. Ah! Those were all fantastic noises, you guys. Thanks. I practice. <laughs> so beneath these burlap sacks, we have these heads sticking out of the ground, and they all have their vocal cords severed. So that's why they're making these horrible gurgling sounds. But basically, we find out that all of these tourists that they pluck off the road or whatever, uh, they bury them in their secret garden to wait for the meat to get good question mark question mark profit to um, ripen i don't know yeah i don't understand what they well, i guess they can't kill them all right they have too much meat so they're keeping them alive not so according to can, metallica's first album oh no. <laughs> uh so that they can you know uh have a steady supply of this stuff yeah so they they have their their humans buried in the ground stash and then they i don't know feed them with a funnel i don't know what's going on yeah they're here. feeding them like special nutrients and slop that basically make the meat like it, it basically they're curing the meat in a way to basically so when it's time to smoke it it tastes better now i have a question did you guys think the heads were separate from the bodies when you first saw this or did you think they actually buried the whole person i have seen this movie before and i don't remember what i thought the first time i saw it so this time I knew what was going on. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't think about it at all. I guess I assumed there was a whole person because the heads were alive and I didn't think this was that kind of movie. I thought it was so. a Cabbage Patch Kids type situation where like a little baby head was just popping out of a thing of lettuce. But you know, Cabbage Patch Kids have whole bodies. No, right? I know, but in the, in the logo, it's just a head coming out of a little cabbage thing. So I thought it was one of those situations. I, I do have a question about how Vincent, I mean, 
he's like 65, 70. I peg him around there. Yeah, is digging a six foot vertical hole. Well, they had the driller. They had the whole thing. It was like a, oh, a so giant then it drill. must be outside because you can't get one of those in a barn unless it was a really big I barn. I mean, barns do have barn doors. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Talk about uh, the barn talk. Let's break it down but, for John. But the barn didn't seem that big, or Bob would have oh, seen it, it more clearly. I think it was just a, a patch of land that was surrounded by a gate, very tall walls. Let's okay. put it that very way. Very tall walls. I'll go with that. And like a roof. Maybe there was some kind of canopy or covering above yeah. it. And then two I doors think, that swing out like a barn door. I think if it you was will. a super huge barn. But, um, okay. Yeah. All right. So he had a little post holder. An yeah. auger. There's the word. An auger. There you go. Yeah. Man. Nice. Thanks. I'm actually just really impressed by that. I didn't even know the name of that thing. I used to have one before I sold one. Not a, not a one that was on a cart, but like when a handheld one. Oh. Uh, John. It's to dig. I mean, so. Tell us about. Welcome tell us to, about fence, your- <laughs> to fence talk here. If you're trying to dig your own post holes in Texas, central Texas, you are going to hit rock about a foot deep. A foot uh, if you're lucky. Yeah. Shale, limestone. So it was really fucking annoying granite. to use the regular so we just bought one because we had to do a lot of fence work and an mm-hmm. auger made it much easier. Well you know what? Let that be a lesson to all y'all who are about to make a fence. And then we were able to flip the auger for basically what we paid for it. Turns out those things hold their value. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good investment. Yeah. Back to Motel Hell. Um, so we basically see the uh, the body patch. Um, yes, they are burying the whole bodies. They're cutting the vocal cords, as you said. At this point, though, I had no idea what these were for. No, I did not either. Well, I mean, I kind of like... I knew I knew it was like something's going on yeah. with the meat with them, but like I could not piece it together. I was like, I do not know how these go together. But that was a, that was, that was a cool scene. I'd never seen anything like that before. I'm surprised no other movie's stolen that yet. It's very unpleasant. Yeah. Like, I think it's, it's pretty effective I agree. in how icky it is. And they're just so happy about it. They're so nonchalant and very, very, you know, proud of what they're doing. Uh, so I've, uh, uh, Ida and uh, Vincent just seem to be like, we're, we're doing the Lord's work here. Well, yeah. So they're, I mean, because they think that the world's too populated and it's running out of food so that they are doing a good job by killing people and then turning them into food. Wait, is that what that is? Is yeah. that their Yeah, whole... they talk about that toward the end. It's like a little uh, worryingly them... close to some eugenicist talk. <laughs> so yeah, they think that by killing a dozen people or so, they are solving world hunger. So now we cut to a new scene with a van driving down the same road as the motorcycle before. And this van is full of a band called Ivan and the Terribles. Yeah. And their song slaps. No, I put Ivan and Terribles accurately named. This shit is terrible. (laughs) That's a great band name, though. It's a great band name, but that song was terrible. And it's got John Ratzenberg as the drummer. I've had it up to here with you. I mean, I love those lyrics. No, when I heard this, I was just like, this sounds like an actual song. Yeah. So I wrote, it slapped. Well, that's great. I'm also giving this song a vote for slappage. Okay, that's two slaps against one no slap. I'm sorry, but as someone who controls the music industry, you're both wrong, and you will never hear this song again. Uh, slaps have it, from what I hear. Uh, <laughs> so there are bear traps in the road because uh, Farmer Vincent has decided to set up bear traps to pop the tires of this van. Boom, tires get popped. They fly over the same, they, they gently roll over the same cliff that, cliff slash hill slash. Cliff! <laughs> cliff. Damn it. Um, 
that the motorcycle did, and that van rolls. Yeah, big time, which, all right, fine. Vans can be top-heavy. Yeah. Uh, but also, this band gave me a new way to describe uh, excellent weed that I'd never heard before. This red's too heavy. This red's too heavy. Yeah. You know what? I caught that, too, and I was like, all right, I'll wow, give it to you. All right, so that's a I'm going to make a gross joke and start saying that when I'm on my period. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Great talk podcast. Okay. Um, I love it. That's it. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty great. So we see them plant the, uh, the bodies of, and this is where we actually see them planting using the auger for the first yeah, time. We see them right. actually planting um, the band members into the ground and slashing the throats. And I gotta admit, that's pretty rowdy. Like when she slashes the throat when Ida goes for it, I was like, "Whoa, we're gonna actually show this." Also, I feel like she's. How many times did she fuck that up and accidentally kill someone? Because I feel like doing any kind of quick operation on someone's neck like that, there, there's a lot of crucial stuff you could hit in there. I think she was a doctor. Or uh, some kind of because yeah, this lady was she, not a doctor. She knew how to heal Terry. She's like, I'm gonna need some nightshade and some some she, this and this. She and was probably like a vet tech. Yeah. Slash. Do you think her and Bob dated at one point? That's why Bob's all pissed off at Vincent. Oh, well, that does make sense because we did miss a scene where Bob goes back and he finds. Oh yeah. So before the hippies get killed. Bob returns. The return of Bob. Hippies, they're heavy metal guys. It's they, they say they're heavy metal guys. All right, I'll give you that. Because the subtitles say heavy metal music playing. Well, I gotta tell you what, here's, here's a spoiler about subtitles. It's just somebody like us watching the movie and typing whatever the hell they want. They've got guidelines and rules, John. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have so, a professional code of ethics. <laughs> so after that, you're right. Uh, we just see what Bob. Uh, so Bob comes back and he climbs over a wall. So I guess there is no roof because Bob climbs his way in there. Um, which then how do these people not drown or get super sunburned? Yeah, I guess they have the burlap sacks. Lots of questions. But anyway, Bob gets in there and he sees all these heads and he's like, well, this is crazy. Uh, but turns out he wasn't as sneaky as he thought because Vincent was right behind him. And that is the end of poor Bob. Yep. Gets hit in the head with a shovel and then that motherfucker gets buried like the rest. Yeah. So now he's a head in a field yeah. or a head in a small garden <laughs> so, head in a barn <laughs> there you go why i think bob and ida were dating because well, vincent after he they capture all the hippies is like i have a surprise for you and i was like oh, i love surprises and then they go to bury the hippies and they're like look it's bob and ida's like bob how exciting to see you she was very amped to see bob maybe so maybe. i think there's a, a, a love story there's there. some history there yeah. for sure she was amped to see she didn't give a shit about anybody else but she was happy to see bob okay all right Little head cannon for you. There you go. Thanks, John. Head cannon. Oh, I'm cutting these mics. Hold on just a second, you guys. <laughs> so we cut to a picnic where uh, we have Vincent, Ida, Terry, and uh, Bruce all sitting around eating meat. And Ida almost spills the beans on what they do to uh, smoke the meat. She almost blows the cover of like, it's human. It's people. Vincent fucking punches her in the stomach so hard. Fucking nails. So just like, hard. Bam. And then the sound effect is like a thump. I'm yeah. like, dude, he punched. And then Terry's like, I can't take this and walks off. She's like, why does she punch him? He's like, oh, they're just joshing with each other. They're brother and sister. What can you do? Because this is where uh, Bruce takes her out on a little fucking dinghy Robo, yeah. into the middle of this like little man-made like pond. But before this has my maybe my favorite line in the movie because they're like describing the history the fine history of smoking meats in this family and telling their hilarious family story about eating the family dog. Um, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then uh, Terry, in in another line that sounds like two people wrote it without consulting with each other, turns to Vincent and is like, no wonder you're famous. How come I've never heard of you before? <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. Yeah, because they tell that story with a dog and it's like, you know, like we cooked grandma with a dog and she loved it. Cook the 
dog! Cook your own dog! No child should be made to do that. Dogs should be raw and living. Another great line is grandma's message, right? That she imparts to her, her children. Meets meat and man's gotta eat as they're chowing down on dog. You know, grandma had it figured out. Yeah, I do not think she did. Meat is not meat. (laughs) You don't think so? (laughs) No. Uh, But according to this movie, dog tastes like goat, but But it's more stringy. stringy. (laughs) Well, there you go. All I know is Terry is way too happy to live with a couple of strangers after her boyfriend just died and then go on a date. Well, yeah, that's... All in the span of like two minutes. Super weird. Also that she just found out these people are eating dog and was like, well, I'm going to continue to just stay here well dogs not uh, that wouldn't be too weird if i was out in like the country i'm like oh y'all eat dog okay that's just some country shit right no, there that is not country shit if that's i some found country out some hillbillies right had eaten a dog i wouldn't be that surprised yeah would you stay with them though uh no i wouldn't be there to be good with <laughs> <laughs> to be fair none of us are staying with an old creepy couple out of nowhere that's true so so bruce asked harry out on a date and he's like well i'll take you to the drive and she's like okay and for some reason she agrees poor decision making from t to b top to bottom with terry um, they yeah. go to this lover's lane type place. There's a bunch of cars and everyone's fucking and making out in these cars. And the cop turns on his lights. He's like, everybody get out of here. You got to go. You, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. And then one of the cars, for no reason, this naked woman and naked man get out and run away from their car. <laughs> and, and he's like, get back in your car. And they're like, OK. And then they drive off. And I'm like, why did y'all get out of your car? So we could see a naked person. I mean, to be fair, this yeah. movie just wanted to have some tits. In oh, it. It, there's like 30 minutes where I'm like, ah, oh, they're getting all their nudity quota in right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, the Tubin scene. We'll talk about the Tubin yeah. scene. Um, but yeah, so everyone drives off. And she's like, well, what was the point of that? And he's like, no, check this out. Gave her some binoculars. She can see the drive-in theater from where they are. And he patches in the audio from the drive-in theater to the the police CB radio. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cute. But I'm like, just go to the fucking drive-in, yeah, dude. No, it is not cute. Do you know how annoying it would be to watch a movie through binoculars? Do you know how cheap a drive-in probably was in 1980? Yeah, the guys It has to be cheaper than a sampler pack of meat for $2.95. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was a bad date. And she is in for it. She's like, this is wonderful. And I'm like, Terry, what has happened in your life? Yeah, what kind of dates was Bo taking you on if this is a big step up for you? To be fair, Bo didn't put her in the sidecar. So Bo, Bo's not a great guy. <laughs> well, he's probably like, listen, Terry, the sidecar is very dangerous. We cannot have you in there. (laughs) Terry, sidecar's for luggage. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, well, then take it off. Don't tell me how to live my life, woman. Um, So anyway, they watch a movie briefly and then they hear some screaming because also taking place at the same time, a couple of ski prostitutes are driving back from the mountain. Well, before then comes. Whoa. Okay. All right. Yeah. The weirdest scene in the whole movie. And I think Bruce goes to make his move. And he, he's like, no, not, not, don't do that, Bruce. And then he just goes for it. He gets real aggressive. Yeah, like big time. I was like, oh, shit, is there going to be a rape scene in this movie? And then the, she hears over the CB radio, help me, help me, somebody help me. And Bruce is like, all right, fuck, damn. And she's like, no, I didn't say that. And I was like, what are she's, you doing? She's giving mixed messages yeah. to Bruce. It's a rapid tone show. But oh. that whole help me, help me, though, as I was trying to explain before John cut me off to talk about rape. Well, okay, um, yeah, I guess you're right. It does is, do uh, Basically, there's two scene. two prostitutes coming back from like a ski weekend. I, they've got to be up in the upper, yeah, you know, northwest or something like that. They seem it seems very warm. They do a lot of water activities. The mountains can still have snow on them if other places are non snowy. I don't know how far they were from the mountains. So sometimes in in Reno, um, sometimes the ski resorts will still have snow into like May or June. Oh, okay, occasionally okay. when it's 
pretty warm down in the valley. I'm sold. This Maybe we're been, re- relocating this to northern Nevada This now. is your Reno weather report. Um, so, yeah. So, the, the ski prostitutes... Let me get through this, you guys. The, yeah, ski, prostitutes the ski prostitutes are talking about banging and making money, and they roll up on a couple of cow standees in the middle of the road, and one of the girls goes... Those look fake. And one look at these, you're like, yeah, no <laughs> shit. These look fake. These are like cartoon cows on fucking plywood. They're the fakest fucking cows. They may as well put like a little, like a speech bubble that said moo. Like, chicken. Giant, <laughs> <laughs> yes. The eyes are giant circles with a black dot as the pupil. I'm like, okay, I'm glad to they figured this fair, one out. If I drove up on these in the middle of the night with one of my dumbass friends, we would probably be like, those look fake. <laughs> She's like, some look strange with those cows. I don't know that they're 2D. Is that your first giveaway? <laughs> Maybe there's no third dimension yeah. with these living creatures. They're not moving? Is that a... So one of them gets out to move it, and then Vincent pops up behind one of the cows. <laughs> it's hilarious, this scene. Pops up with a, um, a canister of like some kind of knockout gas. Yeah. And um, Rufy, or Ether's uh, one of the girls... Just pops this thing right on her face. I'm like, lady... Back up. (laughs) (laughs) She panicked. She was expecting 2D cow. She didn't expect a guy with a gas. She forgot about dimensions. Yeah. She didn't realize that backing up was an option. She thought she could only move side to side. (laughs) So the other girl decides to drive off. And then we, as we cut back between the, uh, the creepy rapey scene with Bruce, we hear the screaming. Then we cut back to Vincent chasing down this woman in her car and like ramming the back end of it. And um, does he run her off the road? Well, she, in her great decision making, decides I'm going to get off of this paved road and go to this weird side road. Okay. Um, which is unpaved and uh, terrible. I don't know why she thought this was a good idea. I'm going to assume that she also incurred a head injury while skiing. <laughs> <laughs> head injuries all around. Also, this random car with these two like ski hookers has a CB radio. Because she's picked up on the cops CB yeah. frequency and then she they're like, What's your location? And she picks up a little like C B hand, like I don't know what they're called, the little handheld thing. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, I'm ten miles off and I was like, How the fuck do they have a CB radio? That's crazy. I think C B was really popular like in the seventies. You're gonna truck that convoy? Is yeah, that that's me? it. She's like Sheriff, this is Rubber Ducky. I'm 10 miles east of wherever. She was real good about where she was. Too. I got a guy chasing me. He wants to put a bumper sticker on my car. I got a guy. <laughs> Eat more meat. It's strange. I'm a vegan. <laughs> so now we cut back to... Um, on the, and uh, One cool thing is during that um, that ski hooker scene, we actually hear Wolfman Jack on the radio doing his show, which was kind of cool. Yeah, so throughout the whole movie, he's doing like a, a religious like donation Well, he plays song. two roles. The Wolfman Jack thing is a reference to the Wolfman Jack radio show, which is a real thing that happened. Yeah. Um, and so that was in the car. <laughs> a real thing that happened <laughs> in the past. And then, but the Wolfman Jack does come back as in playing one of the, um, the preachers on the TV, one of the televangelists. And I loved his televangelist moments because he's all like, Look, y'all, I know you got money. Send it to me. I don't know if we're going to be on the air if you don't. Just, I know someone's got a thousand bucks. Send it to me. And if someone else has got a thousand bucks, send that to me too. It's the only way I can keep asking you for money is if you send me money. It was like his lines were great and they're yeah. delivered with such like, ah, I guess I got to do this now. And it is weird at certain points in the movie, it'll just show you this like, telethon for like five or 10 seconds. It's very strange. I think it's just the, uh, the televangelist channel. And then it comes default in all TVs <laughs> in that area. And they're kind of out in the sticks, so maybe they they only pick up that one channel. Yeah. But, I mean, we also see that he's a pastor of a very local church at rural wherever. Do they do 
I guess it's public access. Yeah, he has just a public access televangelist <laughs> show. After he runs the other, uh, the hooker off the road, um, he, I guess, goes and buries him because we don't actually see that happen, but he, he I buries thought he, him. I thought she'd just end up staying in the car where it sank into that swamp. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what happened. She's like a waste of good meat. Well, <laughs> well they, they have her body. Like, he gets her out because they're both buried. The, like, most, uh, this is probably one of the most misogynistic parts. The lady just faints. She, she's like driving and then she's like, I cannot handle this. And she just swoons. She's like, my female constitution can't handle this chase. Look, they saw, they saw two decals. Nothing makes sense anymore to them. Head injury. <laughs> it's gotta be it. So she just faints and crashes. Like, and then we cut to, uh, back at the motel where Vincent is, he's out planting, uh, the prostitutes, I think. Yeah. And then they hear like the front buzzer they're like did you turn on the no vacancy sign and she's like oops i forgot and he's like okay cool so he runs back up to the uh, the front desk comes oh, so out in his on. robe they're not actually prostitutes they're like ski instructors no uh, they're hookers dude they're talking about how much money they made by sleeping with dudes like really she's like remember that guy i slept with yeah i didn't get much off of him but blah 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 that ski instructor i thought I they slept were talking with. about how much money they made during ski no season. because she yeah she talks about they go up to ski season just to basically hook oh. it up I am just a naive soul. <laughs> I also did not realize they were sex workers until this discussion. Look, I can smell a hooker a mile away. Was this okay. from the closed captions? Did they write ski hookers on No, I, I I inferred that they were that because based off the way she was like, she's like, well, I made a bunch of money this season, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I didn't. But remember that blonde ski instructor I slept with? And he's just like, yeah. And he's like, he didn't have nothing. And I was like, oh. Wow. So, yeah, it was it was a side hustle, bro. How much money do they think ski instructors make? Yeah, that's a good point, too. Are they renowned for being wealthy? We should think, really devote the podcast into that discussion yeah. right now. Well, I would think so. the ski students would have more money than the instructors. Mm. Yeah. Maybe so. that's why the, the other lady made so much more money than the one who was sleeping with the instructors. Well, you don't share your tips, though. That's a, I get it, right? She's got the ski students on lockdown. You don't share lockdown. the tips. You share the nips. hey Bam, 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 bam. I'll see myself out. <laughs> um, so we cut back to the, ho- the motel where hotel. Vincent is now trying to check in this couple who has showed up. Best part of the movie. Have a homemade map to best swingers locations. <laughs> Motel Hell is Motel Hello, Hello is evidently on the fucking map. Hold on. If somebody told me that Motel Hello was a swinger place, I'd be like, yeah, that, <laughs> that totally tracks. I'm into it. Uh, so they're like, you know, like, is this where the heat is? And he's like, I could turn the heat up if you guys get cold. And they're like, yeah, yeah, turn the heat up. <laughs> and then they think that uh, Ida and Vincent are swingers yeah. too through miscommunication. Classic movie. Sheriff Dewey also comes in and is like, did y'all hear about someone screaming on the CB? And he's like, oh yeah, it was just kids. So this is when I first was like, oh, okay, he must not be in on what's going on. That's where I piece it together I'd, too. Yeah, I had lies to him and he's like, I'm going to have to report this to the Federal Communications Commission. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, okay. Look at Bruce was actually really <laughs> funny in this. And then Terry walks in and she's like, I think I'm just going to go to my room. And then the swinger couple's like, ha ha, Bring your daughter. And I was like, whoa, my dude. Like, it's one thing to invite a grown couple to, like, swing with you. It's another thing to say, bring your daughter with you. That, and he goes, she's not my daughter. And he's like, even better. Hey, hey, hey. You're just like, I don't no, know. I yes, like, I should say so. That's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's better at that point. But he just says, bring your daughter. I was like, no, bro, that's the wrong thing to say. But um, Look, anyway, they came to party. Okay. So they, they came to party indeed. <laughs> and cause we cut to his wife slash girlfriend, whoever in the room in a very early eighties kind of like sexy outfit. 
with a bullwhip, just whipping the hell out of the room, knocking over lamps, whipping the bedspreads, you know, you name it, she's whipping it. I guess this is what you can do in the 80s before you had to give a credit card for a security deposit, because she was just wrecking this fucking room. Oh, yeah. And when they asked if they needed to register, Vincent's like, no, don't worry about it. So. well, they Vincent, have no knew, Vincent knew they were going to kill him or yeah, bury him. I know, him, but, but I'm just saying they didn't register, so they were just like, we can wreck yeah. this room and they'll have no recourse. I'm going to bull whip the TV, the phone, like, fuck this room. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, the husband comes out um, in a clear plastic <laughs> skirt with a bra over a leotard. leotard and he's like, grease and, me up, woman. And ballet slippers. <laughs> oh, does he have ballet slippers? And then he starts shaving <laughs> yeah. his chest. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, could you imagine having a leotard full of loose chest hair? Well, it's an electric shaver. It's an electric shaver. Yeah, so it's, it's got a little gonna... like it's got a little like place that the hair gets caught inside of. Yeah, I, I think he did his order wrong. Order of operations. Oh, is yeah, all no, wrong no, there. he's all fucked up and with then, this. And then he's but like, to be fair, they are chaos incarnate, these two. So that's true. And he's really it's really important for him to get lubed up. He mentions that like five times. Oh, yeah. He really wants to get greasy with it. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> It's a hit single right there. Get greasy oh, with it. That's the that's the very awkward uh, easy E covered. Greasy does it. Um, so I'm <laughs> sorry that was bad. Um, so yeah, they they're getting greased up. The wife is all horned up. He's all just like he almost has like a Joker maniacal laugh to him at this point. But he's into it. Big time. Then Vincent Knight will walk in in their normal civvies. And he's just like, they got rope and they're like, ah, you're into bondage. Hell yeah. And they both jump on the bed. And what does the wife say? Is this dog style? And I was like, don't call it dog style. Yeah. It's doggy style. Well, then Vincent goes, no, it's pig style. No, he says hog style. Hog style. Yeah. Hog style. And I was like, and she's like, do you have pigs? And I was like, stop asking these questions. You two, you are getting way yeah. off the rails here. They didn't here. even decide on a, on a safe word either. They just went right to it. Oh, I think they have a standard. I think they have a set standard safe word. <laughs> well, they need to share it out yeah. because I feel unsafe. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, audience should feel unsafe yeah. at this point. So yeah, they bondage up and then they knock out the husband. And at this point, the wife is like, Oh, wait a minute. What the hell? That doesn't smell like, uh, nitrous oxide or nitrous. They met these people from a pamphlet. They've known them for five minutes and were game for getting tied up and doing laughing gas with them all in the spit. Like, I mean, I, I fail I, to see nothing wrong with this scene. The swingers community is very trusting. Apparently. Uh, well, but they do have safe words and they do share them. Yeah. So, <laughs> it doesn't make sense now. It's all bullshit. It was 1980. You know what? I get it. They didn't know about murder back then. So <laughs> oh. uh, coming you know. off the seventies with yeah. like a giant, rash of serial killers no one no one knew a renowned murderless decade yeah so. that's that's the main thing that people know about the 70s safest decade in history yeah. manson turns to the camera yes <laughs> so um yeah so they basically hogtie the uh, the swingers couple they bury them boom they're out of the picture and uh, one of my notes says like this couple seems fun <laughs> i was like and then it got really weird yeah also to at the end of the date between Bruce and Terry, Terry does go, I had a really great time. Okay. And I felt, so yes. she's sending very you, clear you, signals You got to a Bruce. vibe from this, right? Yes. You got a vibe that she was into Bruce. Yes. Because this is so important, important to know for what's about to come up here. Yes. Uh, in the next set of scenes. So we can get into those, that scene, we, we can get to that real quick, but like right before that, we have the scene of tubing where basically, um, yeah, this next sequence, Vincent of- the next morning tells um, Terry like, Hey, I'm going to teach you the art of smoking meat. And she's like, oh, I'd be honored. Yeah. She's so excited. You know, that the torch is being passed. And then at that point, Ida's like, 
well, he told you this? Okay, well, that's cool. I guess we'll do some tubing. And she's like, what's tubing? And she's like, tubing. And then we cut to them at the fucking little like man-made pond yeah. going tubing. I thought it was going to be something to do with me. Nope. Yeah, I thought oh, yeah, too. I thought that they were going to be like tubing meat casing like, sausage. yes, casing yes. sausages. That is also what I thought. Uh, but no, they meant legitimately tubing. Yeah, so we get a scene where uh, Ida jumps in the pond with her inner tube, big plastic, you know, inner tube. So does Terry. Terry is wearing a very thin white shirt. So this is just nips a pop in this whole scene. You could tell this. I feel like this scene was there just to have tits on screen. What? Yes. You don't say. Oh, look, the camera angles don't <laughs> lie. Um, at this point, Ida pulls out a fucking razor blade, cuts her own tube and be like, I'm drowning. So Terry will come over and help her. Yeah. And then tries to drown Terry. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just cut Terry's tube? Why wouldn't you just cut Terry? Why does she want to kill <laughs> Terry? Because she's jealous. She's jealous because oh. Vincent, Vincent wants to show her how to, to make me. And so this is the whole like, well, I've filled this like role. Mm. There's competition she's replaced. now. Replaced. Yes. Okay. She thinks she's getting replaced. She's being usurped. You slurped. <laughs> so, well, you come for the throne. Best not miss. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Ida tries to drown Terry like violently. And then Vincent jumps in the water and saves Terry. And then we cut to the inside. Now, this is the part that was really weird because this is the part that was really weird. <laughs> Everything up to here was totally. No, no. I feel like every scene we're like, this is the weirdest scene. Of the, movie. <laughs> the other weirdest scene is there's like three minutes of splash fighting that Garrett cut out of this description. Well, I didn't get so creepy boring. with it. So yeah, they were just splashing each. I was like, why is this happening to uh, show her fucking thin white shirt and her nipples? Uh, that was it. Was, that was the only reason that scene existed yeah it was i was like this movie is losing me and it's about to continue to lose me nothing exciting happens for like the next 20 minutes well that's not true (laughs) because we cut to now inside where he goes ida do you want to apologize and she's like i'll never be able to like live with myself if you don't forgive me she goes i forgive terry goes i forgive you and she goes good i'm gonna get something to eat later and at this point my favorite part when that scene opens Ida is like kneeling and like has her hands spread. It's the weirdest position. I don't know what she was doing. She was begging for forgiveness. It was so strange. But yeah, so uh, Terry's in bed. They're both like on the side of the bed. Um, She forgives Ida. Ida runs off. And then Vincent's all like, I'm sorry about that. Don't worry, though. We'll teach you how to make me. You're very important to us. And at this point for Vincent, this is a a child. This is, uh, the next rung of his legacy. He's going to basically pass this on to his, I don't know. I think Vincent was into it. No, 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 no. Not because, because at this point, she, uh, Terry leans forward topless and is like, kiss me. And he kisses her on the forehead like a kid. And then she's like, no, not like that, like this. And then starts making it. And he goes, no, and pushes her back down. He's like, it's not like that. Well, no, he says we should be married first. Oh God, you're right. He yes. says we should be married first. Oh, so he, fuck. the objection is not the age gap. Well, no, he gives her the fucking kiss on the forehead. So I thought it was like a kid. Well, because I think he's trying to be chased. Also, she takes his hand and like puts it on her boobs, and Vincent is like, "I wish it was that direct." God, ladies, <laughs> come on, help us out here. We're dumb. Anyway, uh, well, yeah, Vincent is like, "Look, I want this, all of this. I'm on board." Yeah, but we need to get married. From zero to one hundred, he's like, "Yeah, I'm on board, but let's get married." And I was like, "Oh, she's gonna be like, no, I'm out." And then she's like. Are you proposing well, to me? And she seems stoked. Yeah. But then she goes, 
I'd like to be alone right now. And I was like, what is happening? She's going to fucking masturbate, dude. <laughs> she is horned up oh. and she knows she's not getting any. So she's like, I'm taking, mom's going to take care of this himself. Okay. that Because in the next scene, they're married. So. <laughs> no, no, no. Close. The next scene, um, the next scene is he goes to meet Wolfman Jack at the, the church and is like, I want to order a ceremony. And, the, and Wolfman Jack's like. Okay, got you covered, yeah. bro. So she says yes at some point in between, I guess, apparently, you're right. She probably did do a little- She had to clear her head. Yeah, and she's like, I will marry you, Vincent, to at most two weeks after my previous boyfriend was brutally murdered. Again, way too weird. This chick has got problems. So yeah, she's stoked to be getting married. And then so uh, Vincent has a meeting with uh, the preacher. And then the preacher goes and sees um, Sheriff Bruce sitting in a car reading a hustler. Yeah. And we get a beautiful funny. medium shot of the, uh, the center spread. And, uh, you know, kudos to hustler. Always delivering the goods. And then, um, the preacher goes, what is that there? And he goes, uh, I confiscated it. And he's like, I'll take that. I'll dispose of it properly. <laughs> but you can tell 100% this guy's like free porno, dude. Yeah, he's he's keeping it. And so Wolfman Jack spills the beans. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm very congratulations on your brother getting married. And he's like, to who? And he's like, that blonde girl. And then Bruce is like, what the fuck? Drives off, speeds well, off. He's like, the only possible explanation is that she is being held hostage and Vincent is going to murder her. Uh, which, not too far from the truth. Yeah, that's not such a <laughs> wild assumption. Although. He says she was hypnotized. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no. that's a wild assumption. Well, later on, we see the hypnotized machines. Yeah. But was Bruce in on any of this? I don't know. It's so hard to tell. Uh, the hypnotized machines was fucking weird. <laughs> we'll get to those in um, just a minute because I love that. But I, I, was, I want to just like pull Terry aside and say, Terry, can you tell me five things about Vincent? Before you marry him, just tell me five facts about him. Tell me his last name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love him. I love him. I love him. And I love him. What's your future? Last that was only four. <laughs> and <Yeah>. he's old. <laughs> Look, I'm concussed. I can't count. <laughs> she, but that's so weird though. Literally her boyfriend just got murdered, secretly buried. She has a concussion. She's staying with fucking people. She doesn't know. She just met some weird ass swingers. Bruce, well, I don't think she's aware of the swingers. With, no, she walked in. Remember, the swingers were like, ha ha, what's up, girly? What's your name? Remember, they like kind of. But kinda... that was in the, like in the lobby. So she yeah, just Yeah, but they, they laid on visitors. pretty thick, though. She's still like, ooh, what the hell? Terry's a lot of things. Perceptive, probably not one of them. That's, <laughs> she, a, that's a fair criticism. <laughs> you fucking think? Um, so, yes, now we, we cut to the head patch where we're going to see them harvest the band, Ivan and the Terribles. And they bring out the hypnotized machines because. If they're going to have to kill people, they want it to be humane and as little pain as possible. So they hypnotize them and they're not feeling pain. I guess. It was so silly. It didn't make any sense. They just have like these spinning psychedelic mirrors and he's like talking them through some psychedelic journey to Mars. It's true. And I would venture to say. And I thought they're aliens at that point. When we said oh. Mars, I was like, oh, this is a whole fucking Rocky Horror shit thing. That'd have been cool, but no. But also, I, I'm going to say that Hypnovision is even worse than Monster Vision. <laughs> I did not need to see through the perspective of like what. I was like, this is ridiculous. What is like a kaleidoscope? Get out of here with this. Flathead, you suffer from epileptic seizures. I already had a headache when I was watching this scene. I'm just like, this is not what I signed yeah, up for. You're going to hypnotize me to be angry. You did it. <laughs> so, yeah, they hypnotize the heads. They put nooses around them. They drive the tractor, pop their necks, and then pull what them out. What a weird way to kill someone. I thought they were going to like fucking like caddyshack golf them all. You yeah. know, like big <laughs> shears, you know, you just. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Or, or a maybe. scythe. 
You know, there's a scythe. A scythe. Like there's so many options, but you know, they 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 have a system, and it seems to be working. So pull a Hannibal, let the pigs get them. Yeah, well, that's probably what they do with the you know the bones when well, they're done. But they need all that all the all the meats. They don't need the head. Listen, let the pigs have the heads. Well, cheek meat. No, that's some che- good stuff. Yeah, cheeks are oh, some of the best parts gross. of an animal. Ugh. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> Bruce at this point peels up to the house while they're hypnotizing heads and uh, runs in. And is like Terry, Terry, Terry. Oh God, Terry. Um, he basically is like. What's wrong with you? You can't marry Vincent. She's taking a fucking bath and he just busts into the. Oh, he charges the door bus. Yeah. Yeah. He just throws himself through the door. And Terry's like, well, this is unusual, but I will be perfectly. What are you doing? Oh, you think I'm hypnotized? Okay, that's reasonable. Let me get up naked. And then she goes, nope. In love with Vincent. And I was like, oh, God, what is wrong with this woman? But also, like, okay, if someone is hypnotized, can you talk them out of being hypnotized? I think so. Could like, Bruce talk someone out of being hypnotized? No. He probably accidentally <laughs> hypnotized himself. <laughs> he gets hypnotized by talking to the yeah. hypnotized person. <laughs> it's contagious. At this point, Ida is inside making more food because they're they're smoking the, the band at this point. But what, Ida comes in. What was Ida making? Was that ketchup in a soap dispenser? Yes. It was ketchup in a soap dispenser that she put on a piece of cold uh, chicken leg. And then she had like a couple waffles with some whipped cream on it. I thought she was going to put whipped cream on the chicken leg, but no, it was... Yeah, she's eating chicken and waffles. All right. Oh, there you go. I mean, the ketchup in a soap dispenser (laughs) is a little strange, but the meal is weird for the time of night, but... To be fair, at the bar by my house, sometimes in the bathroom when the actual soap dispenser is broken, they'll have like one of those squeezy ketchup bottles full of soap. Okay, so it's like the... See? So you just make use of what they have. What they are frugal. They're trying to save the world, the environment. A very green message in this movie. Yeah. Now, I mean, I hope they washed it very well, though. Imagine soapy ketchup. And oh, I will uh-huh. point out I will point out that during this time before Bruce runs back, um, he did some investigating and finds, like, all the cars buried in the lake. He finds the overturned motorcycle from uh, Terry's accident. And he runs in and he's like, I found evidence. You wouldn't believe what I found. There's turns, cars in the lake. You turns know? out 20 or 30 people. People have been murdered in my county, and I did not notice. He, at this point, he thinks it might be Vincent, though. But wouldn't any one of these murders have been reported at some point? This is the first time he's like, I should probably look around. And it takes him five minutes to crack Vagabonds, the case. Vagabonds, drifters, and swingers. No one's looking for him. Look, Ivan and the Terrible are about to have a hit single. <laughs> so, <laughs> Son of a bitch. And swingers have to have lots of friends. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but swingers, they're like nomads. They come and go. You never know where they're going to be, what they're doing, <laughs> except you know that it's kinky. Um, so anyway, he tries to convince her. He's like, you got to get out of here. They're going to kill you or something's going to happen to you. And she's like, you have to leave. I'm getting married. And like Ida then hears this, like uh, Bruce trying to get it. Bruce walks out. Ida pushes him against the wall and knocks him out. It yeah. was the weakest fight. She just kind of like thrusts him against the wall and Bruce is down for the count. That's his hypno trigger. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed he fainted like everyone else in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume he has a latent head injury and the little yeah. jostle made him pass out. So Bruce uh, is concussed now. Bruce concussed. She gets the gun because Terry's like on board for leaving. She's like, I guess I should leave at this point. Um, so Ida gets the gun on her, takes her to the smokehouse where Vincent is. She's like, she's trying to leave. I think she knows something's up. And Vincent's like, I'll convince her to stay. If she's willing to get married, why would she just up and leave so quick? 
If you're committed to that, you shouldn't be just like, oh, I'm out. Well, Bruce did let him know, or let her know a lot of facts about Vincent she was maybe unaware of, because uh, he goes on a big spiel about how terrible Vincent is. He's so what like, you're saying is maybe she should have taken more than like 45 minutes to think about a marriage proposal from a random couple. And I'm just going to say it. Sorry, people. You probably shouldn't marry someone who's 30 years older than you. Yeah. It's just usually not, not going to work out. <laughs> also, if someone... someone is going to fall in love with you that quickly, they're probably also going to fall out of love with you equally quickly. She's like a bird, man. Yeah. Welcome to the love line. You can't know that you want to marry someone in a day and a half. That's not true. I knew I wanted to marry that ham sandwich the moment I saw it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, Vincent is basically trying to convince Terry to stay. He's like, it's about the meat. I really wanted to, like, you know, have you be part of this. And she's kind of like, I don't know, man. There's a lot of things have happened in the last five minutes. (laughs) While this is going on, Bo has managed to free himself from the head patch. He has wiggled his way out of his hole and then frees the rest of the bodies and heads, all the the zombies, if you will. Yeah, I wrote, oh, good. Now we get a zombie movie. Yep. And so now they're all shuffling and shambling towards, you know, Motel Hello. Making horrible gurgling noises all the way. Oh, it's so rowdy. Ooh, those sounds were like nails on chalkboard. It was a very good horror sound. Very terrible sound in general. And at this point, this is where we see uh, Bo leading the pack of zombies back to the hotel. And this is where I first saw how old Bo was. And I was like, yo, Terry, what is going on? What is your like weird situation? You've got like you've got some daddy issues. Yeah, it's definitely some daddy issues. Yeah. At one point, one of my notes says when he uh, does the marriage proposal, I was like, oh, she doesn't want a father. She wants a daddy. <laughs> and I was like, it's getting real. Terry's a very frustrating character. The, I mean, the day before she agrees to marry Vincent, she is thanking Bruce for the great date. Yeah, again, and and Bruce is pissed. And uh, to be fair, Bruce had some weird I get it. expectations too. Terry just loves the last person that she talked to. <laughs> Listen, all men are the same to her. Like they're just completely interchangeable. She doesn't really understand which one she's interacting with. She thinks there's just one man on earth and. <laughs> that's it. Vincent's like back at the slaughterhouse. He's like, what do you think? Are you going to stay here? Terry spits in his face. And did you guys see how much spit she had oh, in her yeah, mouth? Oh yeah, she hawked a fucking loogie. It wasn't a loogie. It was like a mouthful <laughs> of water. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like one of those spitting fish, man. Uh, <laughs> so it was so crazy. I was like, I saw that and I paused it and I was like, no way. I rewound it and I was like, that is a ton of spit. She must have been saving that up since the house. The whole time he was talking, she's like, oh, I know what I'm going to do when he's done. She's thinking of chicken and pie to get all salivated. Oh, no, they hypnotized her into thinking about a lemon, so she salivated a lot. <laughs> um, so at this point, Ida goes back to the house um, after dropping off Terry. So Terry and Vincent doing their little convo. Uh, Ida goes back, sees the zombies. She goes, all right, let's go. And I was like, are you dying to fight these things? She was spoiling for a fight. And I got to say, she really holds her own because it's like eight on one. She, and she takes like four yeah. of them down. It's not until like there's like four of them on her at one time that she actually like have a not a chance of winning. Ida loves a good fight. Yeah. She's a jujitsu master. Clearly. Uh, yeah. Did she get eaten? Is that what we're supposed to believe happened or they just kill her or what? Because I don't think we see Ida after this. That's the last time we see Ida. I, my assumption was not that they ate her because these aren't truly zombies. Yeah, I just They're assumed just they killed her. Talk. Okay, just rage kill. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I got it. So then we cut back to Bruce who now wakes up inside and he's like, oh no, where's Terry? Oh, they're probably out in the slaughterhouse. I got to go out there. So as he's trying to work his way out there, uh, Bo 
<laughs> climbs the top of the barn or slaughterhouse, jumps through the glass window and lands on the ground. At this point, Terry's like, that's Bo. Oh, my God. What's happened? OK, this is all true. Oh, no. <laughs> I love you again, Bo. <laughs> Bo no smoke meats. That's all I'm saying. Um, so at this point, she's like, oh, that's terrible. Vincent kills him with a chainsaw. At this point, Bruce busts in. Picks up a chainsaw of his own. I'm messing up a little bit of the detail here, but yeah, more or less. Yeah. I mean, we happened. missed the whole part where Terry gets strapped to the conveyor belt toward moving toward the blade. Oh, that is right? important. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, if you're not going to cooperate, I guess I'm just going to have to like get rid of you and start fresh. Terry's like, do you expect me to marry you? And Vincent's like, I expect you to die. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Mrs. Terry, there's nothing you have that I cannot smoke. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she's on the conveyor belt. And, and then so Bo picks up a chainsaw and Vincent's move over gotta, Mandy because we get the OG <laughs> chainsaw fight the, here. The original. Yes, it, it's pretty good. And at this point, Vincent pops up with a pig head. He's yeah. got a giant pig head mask. I mean, from just a purely fight logistical point of view, why would you want to limit your vision like that? Well, let's also look at it from the opposite side there, John. If you uh, see how thick that pig head is, it did save his bacon a couple times when the his, chainsaw would have. Uh-huh. His bacon, you say? No, I know what I said. I said it, motherfuckers. Pun I know. Intended. Ziggy piggy, ziggy piggy, ziggy piggy. <laughs> So maybe it's like a helmet. It's a meat helmet, if you will. I dig it now. Also, that has got to be the biggest pig that's ever lived. Huge pig. Yeah, I feel like, I don't know if my head would fit inside a pig's skull. Uh, John, what do you think? I got a pretty big head. No, I don't. I mean, look. I think think it'll fit. I've seen pigs. Their heads aren't as big as you would think. But a hog, a big hog, she could get a, she get a hog Maybe head on her head. Maybe if you went all the way down to the, like, the pig shoulders. If we're talking pig head and neck. Okay, all right. A couple straps just to hold it in place, too. Yeah. All right. I'm into it. I mean, there's some logistical questions about this pig head, but you're right. It does save his his life. Yeah, it does. So, you know, it was a good choice. It was an impractical choice, but a good choice. How heavy must that fucking pig head be? What does it smell like on the inside? Remember Gladiator, the movie Gladiator, with the guy who has a giant bullhead helmet thing? That thing looks like it smells terrible. Oh, it's all rotten and stuff. That thing had to weigh, like, at least 50 pounds. Yeah. It was huge. So... I mean, props for Vincent, some great core strength. He's able to keep himself very straight with that. Well, thing. he's he's a farmer, man. He's always active. That's true. He's you probably know? got eight pack under there. I got still want to know models. how they ended up on the swingers map, the hand drawn swingers. Oh, map. I think they did that on purpose yeah. to lure victims. I agree. You think they did that? Yes. Yeah, because I mean, at first they were surprised, but then just like, oh, we just think we we didn't think we'd be in this issue. I think they did, yeah, 100% to lure people to their... Wow, so you think they're manufacturing... That is that is some deep shit. Well, if you think from their twisted perspective, they're probably like, uh, swingers are immoral people, so no one will miss them. Yeah. Well, that's just a blatant misconception. I, I said from their twisted perspective. This isn't my twisted perspective. Also, let's call back to earlier in the movie where um, Ida and uh, Vincent are in the car driving. He's like, I really enjoy the traps. They give me a chance to be artistic <laughs> yeah. and really express myself. And Ida's like, Huh, I love that. And like, so maybe, yeah, they maybe they did make a swingers map too as another trap. Yeah. Man, he is just all this guy. Trap King. Take up painting. Like, learn an instrument. There's better ways to be artistic. (laughs) Run for public office. Evidently, there's anyone can get elected. Yeah, Bob got elected, so (laughs) (laughs) fucking Bob. So uh, at this point, chainsaw fight. It's glorious. It's not really glorious. It's really basic (laughs) and kind of dumb, but like it's really fun to watch. 
So Bruce gets like he chainsaws Vincent, I don't know, two thirds of the way through his body. Mm-hmm. Vincent collapses and he goes to save Terry. Well, let's point out he goes to save Terry after Terry has to yell at him like 17 times yeah. to do it. Like, I'm going to die, you idiot. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm surprised that Terry had the wherewithal to know she was in peril. <laughs> That's true. Well, she looked up. Oh, I see what you're saying with the head injury. Yeah. She's probably, this is a fun ride. She's like, I'm going to marry this song. <laughs> so, um, yes. But it's funny when, when uh, Bruce swings in on the meat hook, yes, like, I like Tarzan. That. I was like, oh, boy, come on, man. I took a note about that, too. <laughs> I also loved in this scene the hanging gutted human torsos in the slaughterhouse because they were the most ridiculous spirit Halloween looking <laughs> props. They, Look, they only had three million dollars. Okay? They were very enjoyable for me. I mean, it looked like something that the Mythbusters threw together to test something. <laughs> Ballistic gel. Jamie Henneman pops up. Is like, all right, that works. <laughs> you can't swing from a meat hook and save somebody. Here's what's busted: that you can be chainsawed pretty much to your spine and be like, I still have 20 minutes of conversation left in me. So Terry and Bruce go well, back. You, you were talking about how he got chainsaw almost to his spine. I yeah. don't think it was that far in, but it was enough to where your organs are sliced open, your stomach, yeah. your intestines are open. You're you're bleeding to and, death at this I mean, point. It was enough where the chainsaw could be supported by his hip bone. The blade was almost all the way inside yeah. of him. I feel like at that point, like, yeah, there, there's no real hope for you with abs of steel though that's what we're not accounting for oh yeah farmer so, core yeah so, Vincent's like 86% muscle 2% blood and the rest just sinew sass <laughs> art <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bruce and Terry walk back and Vincent had managed to seat himself up and he's given us his last words which is the best joke in the movie because he's like and I have one secret I did use preservatives I literally laughed out loud at that. Because when he's talking about his meat at the very beginning with the sampler back, he's like, no preservatives, no additives. This is pure meat. And I'm sorry. Say something better on your deathbed. Oh, that was perfect. I mean, it was it was pretty funny, but like never waste that opportunity to just say something wild. The toppings contain potassium. (laughs) Wait. Oh boy. Uh, I think that's the end, right? <laughs> that is pretty much the end because that happens and then yeah, we we freeze frame the shot and then roll the credits over yeah. that. And then we get a, a pretty oh, weird song. No, no, they walk out, right? Oh, and you're right. Like, um, I would burn this place down if it were mine, and then they blow up. The, Terry says that yeah. he's like, he's like, well, I guess I guess the hotel's mine. Oh, no, because before he dies, he gives the, the motel to, to Bruce. Bruce. And then he's like, well, I don't know what to do with this. And she's like, I'd burn it down. I was like, the only sensible thing Terry said this whole fucking movie. Zero to 100. That's Terry, man. (laughs) And then they end up going to the secret garden. Yeah. Where they see Ida, who is buried upside down in the human patch. Yeah. Just feats of kicking. She's got a little... So just kicking away. Do you breathe on... You're buried upside no, down? No, but no. But that's why she died. She like was kicking and they're like, oh no. And then she goes, eh, and her feet fall. And then she kicks it up again and goes, eh, and then dies once again. And I was like, oh, that's cute. But also, fucking these zombie people, like they should have patched her. They should have put her in the patch normal with her head up. And then like, just like. Left her there? Yeah. yeah done Maybe something. They, you know, they, they, they're zombie brained. So. Yeah. What happened to all of them? 
Uh, they went to go eat the town. They went to that ski resort to make some money. Yeah. So, so have you ever seen Night of the Living Dead? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this is the prequel movie? Yeah. Okay. So Bruce, showing how ineffectual he is, is like, you know what? I'm just going to blow up the O and <laughs> hello. I don't think he did. No, I think that it, was just the movie. I, I think the movie was insinuating that like that caught on fire and burned down the hotel. Or the motel. Oh, uh, okay. So, so the motel was going to burn down anyway because their yes. sign shorted out. Yes. Well, that O has been flickering the whole time, so that's why I kind of said motel hell oh. instead of hello. Yeah. And then it freeze phrases on the motel hell, and then we get the credits. Yeah, and we get the credits. And a, not a great 80s ending rock song, but, no. you know, it's par for the course, and I love those shitty rock songs that play during 80s it should have used credits. Ivan's song. No, they should not have used... Oh, my God. In fact, it would have been... Per- I've had it up to here with you. He's mad at Vincent. I mean, it would have tied this whole movie yeah, together. They're, all, about they're a woman. all buried up to here. Oh, yeah. Whoa. See? Okay. Let's get Mark in. Cover band. I'm t- the Grave Talk crew needs to rewrite all movies. That is what I'm <laughs> learning here. Do you have that kind of time, John? Uh, I mean, for what they will be end up paying us, yeah, I can make the time. They'll pay us in smoked meats. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only currency I acknowledge. Yeah, uh, that's what I get paid right now. What else am I supposed to get paid in? <laughs> Shh. Uh, so other than Bruce being a terrible sheriff, Terry exhibiting an entire history of poor decision making and... People's love of smoked meats. Is there anything else we missed in this movie that we need to talk about? Oh, no. <laughs> How'd they go? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rob. Sorry, that was the that was the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was coming through. <laughs> Push it back down. Uh, no, that was... <laughs> Just tamp that down and moving on. Uh, no, I mean, I got... Yeah, 1980 seemed very long ago in this movie. It did feel like this was, this was a 70s movie. Yeah. I, was I like, mean, it probably was filmed in the 70s. That's true. Very likely. Very I was likely. just like, mm, I'm never really that happy that I'm alive in 2022, but this is one of them. Well, let me read some of the taglines on the way out here real oh, quick. Oh, yeah. You might just die laughing. No. Checking in is easy. Checking out is hell. By day, they ran a motel. By night, they ran a muck. <laughs> okay, that's my favorite <laughs> one. <laughs> Banned in 15 countries, the horror picture that tops them all. Are these countries like former Soviet states yeah. that don't exist anymore? It takes all kinds of critters to make Farmer Vincent fritters. They do say that in the movie a while. Yeah. Uh, visit this tasty meeting place, smell, spelled M-E-A-T, oh. if you dare. Okay, so they spent a lot of money on coming up with taglines. Yeah. Like, Why do they have so many? <laughs> and the last but not least, meets meat and a man's got to eat. Uh, also, do they not know what a fritter is? Come on. I don't think fritter's made of meat, is it? I think you could make a fritter. No, you could make a fritter out of meat, but a fritter has to be fried. Yeah, not smoked. You're not smoking them. Yeah, this, this movie's all over the place. So that was Motel Hell from 1980. I, I would recommend it. I had fun with it. It's definitely... It's, it's, it's crappy enough in the fact that the characters just make nonstop terrible decisions that I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I would agree. I would recommend it. I mean, especially once I learned it was a comedy, I was like, okay, I get it. This is like a bad kind. Of, it's it's also like, you know, trying to pick apart like Airplane or something, right? Like, I get it. They're meant to be, it's just a poorly done satire, but I get what they were going for, but it's a fun movie. Kind of like the movie Tourist Trap. Remember that one? No. Uh, okay, that's a real deep cut, but that's kind of like along the same veins as this. But it was a fun movie, and except for a little bit in the middle where like, you know, go get some popcorn or something. It's not that bad. Yeah, it drags in the middle a little, but overall, it is 
strange enough to keep you engaged for all what you know hour and 40 minutes of it it's not super long but it's definitely a wild ride so yeah recommend it well that's three recommendations mark we hope you watched it feel free to pop on your uh letterboxed and let us know what you thought of it thanks for coming to the grave talk podcast alex always a pleasure john never a pleasure (laughs) never a pleasure but love you man all right get you guys next time 